the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Well, today we have a very special guest joining us and one that perhaps will be quite familiar to many listeners. He is the senior pastor of New Hope Christian Fellowship in Hayward, also associate supervisor for the Western Regional District on behalf of the Church of the Foursquare Gospel, best-selling author, in fact, two books under his belt, Conquer or Be Conquered, and Coffee with God, A 40-Day Journey with God. Pleased to have joining us now the senior pastor of New Hope Christian Fellowship Pastor Timothy Russell. And Pastor Russell, always a delight to spend some time in fellowship with you. And and I feel the same. Always a delight to be with you, Craig. It's a great uh, time when I'm talking with you. You are a, a hard man to keep track of. What the, <laughs> my grandmother used to say, he doesn't stand still long enough to let any grass grow underneath his feet. Uh, it, it is amazing in which not only are you involved there with a vibrant and growing congregation as part of New Hope Christian Fellowship, your wife Vanessa, whom many listeners are also familiar with, is involved in full-time ministry with Love Never Fails. And in addition to that, you're also involved in I guess to the greatest degree, not just entrepreneurial training for up-and-coming business people that can learn how to harness their talents and skills and abilities for both the glory of the kingdom as well as their own personal advancement and, and creating vibrant businesses, but but really, in a sense, uh, the, the broader ministry of workplace or marketplace evangelism. So it's almost difficult to know where to start in a conversation with you because there's so much to start with. So maybe we'll just begin at the beginning. Give us a bit of your background, if you would, Pastor. Where did you grow up and what doors did God open up that led you into full-time ministry? Well, I was born in Turkey, the country of Turkey. My dad was a military uh, in the, he was in the military, he's in the Air Force, and I'm a military brat, and I was born in that country, and I, to this day, have dual citizenship with Turkey and the United States, because I was born off base, but as, as soon as I got back on base, I became a citizen of the United States, so I love that, that, you know, um, I was born there and have some roots there, uh, as well as in the United States, so I, you know, I was born in Turkey, and then we lived in Taiwan for three years and then ended up in the States uh, where I was in school and graduated from school. I thought, Craig, I was just going to the NFL. I thought I was a football player. That was my choice. Even though I was raised in ministry, my dad was uh, a pastor in in uh, the Church of God in Christ. Um, my mom was known as like the Black Mother Teresa, you know, and it's like we had so much going on uh, in our household. We were we were literally raised with serving, serving, serving people, serving our community, serving our church family. That it just is a part of my DNA. You know, we were always busy doing something for somebody else, and I think that's the key there. Always busy doing something for somebody else, so it just became the fra- fabric of who I who I am today. And you know, but again, I thought I was going to be a football player. Uh, I love playing football, went on and played football at Humboldt State uh, from high school. And I just thought that this is it. But the call of God on my life was greater than my own desires. And I yielded to that call and said, hey, let me pursue the gospel in my life the way God has pursued me. And, I, and I've and i been running ever since. You know, I think I've been raised for this moment. I've been taught for this moment. I've been commissioned for this moment in ministry and in the, and in the marketplace, as you just said. And I'm just excited about the strength that God gives me and my wife and my family to do his work. And, you know, in a very real way, that, that sense of, 
some people call it giving back or reinvesting in the community. I'd, I'd like to think of it in a broader sense as sort of the realization of the the great commandment and the great commission coming together. And yes. When Jesus spoke of love thy Lord as thy, you know, love, love your neighbor as yourself and, 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 and love the Lord thy God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. And then to be about the master's business in helping to demonstrate God's love for the world by going yes. into, out into all that world and proclaiming the good news of the Savior of Jesus Christ. That really sort of culminates in this idea that for all of us believers, whether you're the preacher in the pulpit or you're just a believer sharing your faith with others and building new disciples, right? All about the master's business, be a disciple, make a disciple. That really comes down to, the, the, I think, the fundamental understanding of what the Lord has called each and every one of us to do, no? Yeah, I, I agree. I think that we are the only Bible that some people will ever read. Mm. So we have to be the hands and feet of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We can't just you know, confess him as Lord. We got to possess him as Lord. And we got to literally live our life out in in obedience to his word and his will. And I think what you just said is so important. It's not just in a church building. It's in every area of our lives. And we're not perfect, but I believe the Lord Jesus is guiding us through his Holy Spirit in every area so that we can have the impact that he wants us to have. The secret sauce, of course, so to speak, in that impact is empowerment by the Holy Spirit. Yes. A faith community that is not only faithful in prayer, but strong in the word. <clears throat> Pardon me. And I would think, too, the notion to kind of turn things on the head. Some believers say, well, listen, anytime anybody asks me about my faith, I'm happy to tell them. But there's, I think, a difference between that notion versus what Scripture talks about of us as the church going out into the quote-unquote highways and byways and compelling them to come in, to, to live out our faith in such a fashion that, what does Scripture say? They will know we are believers by Ooh, our love and to that's demonstrate good. that every single day. And, and I've got to wonder, as a pastor here in the San Francisco Bay Area for all these years, and both you and your wife, Vanessa, working in the trenches— so to speak, and in some cases, working with folks that are the most downtrodden, abused in many ways. Your wife, of course, for folks who are not familiar in her role with Love Never Fails, has been focusing on the issue of, of uh, human trafficking and exploitation for decades now. And, and to see the manner in which these are the very people for whom Christ died, that we need to not just sit back and hope that they show up to church some Sunday, but rather to go out and take the message to them. Is that something that the church needs to do? And when I say the church, I mean the body of believers, that we need to do a better job at, particularly today with all that we see going on in the world around us? Yeah, and, and Craig, you, I think you're hitting it right on the head of the nail. Sin is silent. I know we think it's loud, but it's silent. Suicide is silent. Drug addiction is silent. Um, it's isolated. The enemy isolates us in our sin. And and we know how to put on a front in front of people. So what God really commissioned me to do years ago, years ago, he said, I want you to go and I want you to shake the bushes and rattle the trees. And whatever falls out, I want you to show them the gospel, teach them the gospel, win them to me. And so I don't believe we can wait because sin will have them stay in the tree and in the bush. But I think as children of God, as the body of Christ, we are commissioned by God to go and make disciples. We're, we got to go to, and, and you know, when it talks about to the uttermost parts of the earth. I know everybody's like, I got to get overseas. No, the uttermost parts of the earth are your earth, your earth, your neighborhood, your communities, your family, your, yeah, if God's calling you overseas and to other nations, third world countries to minister the gospel, please go. But many of us have been just called to the third world community that we live in or our church is planted in. And that's where we need to go shake the trees, rattle the bushes. 
I mean, literally, and and just whoever falls out, you got to know God is is pricking on their heart for them to be one to the kingdom. Um, but, and if we're consistent in that, if we're consistent and we're going and we're constantly going, then we'll be doing the will of God in regards to winning souls to the kingdom. And I'm so glad you underscored that because, you know, I, I think of the passage of Scripture when it speaks to, when I was in jail, you visited me. When I was hungry, you gave me to eat. When I was thirsty, you gave me to drink. And, of course, ultimately, the, the, the disciples said, well, Master, when did we do all these things? Well, well, whenever you did so unto the least of these, you did so unto me. That, that, that gives us a sense, I think, of the, the hierarchy of that kind of ministry. But I think it's interesting to note that in every one of those examples— um, they are all adverbs. They are action words. It is the going, the sending, the doing. You went to jail. You brought me to eat. You clothed me. Faith in action for people to see not just Jesus in us as we preach him crucified as the substitutionary work on the cross, taking our punishment so that through his sacrifice, we might be forgiven and ultimately reconciled to the Father, but to also see an active church that demonstrates concern for felt needs, be it providing clothing to the naked man or water to the thirsting man, so that, and I, and I always find it interesting that whenever we look at examples of, of Jesus's ministry here on earth, we see that as he went and the disciples traveled from town to town and village to village, he stopped and he brought sight to the blind. He yep. restored a, a man's capacity to, to, to walk again if he was lame, things of this sort. Christ demonstrated concern for the felt needs as a way of showing love, demonstrating who he was, and then, of course, right on the heels of that, explaining why he came, and, of course, delivering ultimately that, that, that key message of the gospel. You think that's something the church needs to do a better job of in terms of that, that proactive sense of showing up, going, and doing? Well, and, and you just preached a message. You gave me a sermon. I'm preaching that. I'm just telling you right now, <laughs> Craig, I'm preaching that. You, you, because this is the key. Our authority is in him. Um, in what he did that we duplicate. And I think that we're wondering why people are not getting healed at our church services um, as frequently as we desire. As people are, the sight are, the, the, the eyes are not being opened, the blinded eyes, the, the deaf ears are not being opened, the, the dead are not being raised. And we're wondering, man, I, I wonder why that's not happening because we're waiting for them to come rather than going. I believe, and, and, and this is an ego thing. This is an ego thing. And I can talk as a pastor. We want it to happen in our buildings so that our membership grows. But going has nothing to do with membership. Going into the communities and winning people to the Lord Jesus Christ has nothing to do with membership. If it's at our buildings, we say, oh, see how great we are. See how anointed we are. You need to come here and tell somebody to come here. It's not about membership when it comes to the kingdom. When we win souls, we're winning souls to the kingdom. Kingdom, not our church. And so when we go, we're going to experience more healing in the streets than we do at our church. We're going to experience more salvation in the streets than we do at our church building. We're going to experience the eyes of people being open more in the streets than they will at our church building because the anointing of God will be upon us greater as we go than it will be as they come. Now, don't get me wrong. The power of God shows up at our churches. And if we have experienced the power of God at our churches and we go, oh, didn't he show up? Amen. Didn't he show up? Then imagine how much he'll show up if we go. Now, this is the thing. I, I got this revelation a while ago, Craig, was that the Bible says Isaiah looked up and he saw the Lord high and lifted up. And the angels, the seraphims were around him uh, flying. Holy are you, God? And it says this. This is key. It says, and his train filled the temple. The, the, literally, the empty part of his garment filled the temple. I always tell people, 
A building cannot contain the presence of God. When we feel the presence of God, literally, we get a dose, a very small dose of him. But boy, if we did it in the world, if we did it in the streets, just imagine if the train fills the temple. How, man, whew, man, I feel something on that one. How much more will we feel the presence of God in a place that he is, he created and he walks among the world. So I, I encourage every pastor, every leader, go because you're building the kingdom and you'll feel the anointing of God in a greater way. If you've just joined our conversation, we're visiting today with Pastor Timothy Russell, Senior Pastor at New Hope Christian Fellowship in Hayward. A brief time out, we'll return to more of our conversation right after this. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back. Our visit today with Pastor Timothy Russell, Senior Pastor at New Hope Christian Fellowship of Hayward. Pastor Russell, I want to pick up where we left off just prior to the break. You know, at the end of the day, it, it, the, the, the human inclination is to build the kingdom small k. Yeah. We want the church building to be filled. We want the coffers to be filled because we can repave the parking lot. We can right. add another Sunday school wing. You know, th- these are all practical things, but so much of it goes to the heart of building the kingdom small K. Yeah, when God good. ultimately has called us as the church to build his kingdom large K. Yeah. And another Ooh, thought. I, another that's thought. another message, man. I've got to preach that <laughs> I one. I can crack here today. <laughs> and, you know, as you were sharing, Pastor Russell, another thought came to mind. Um, and Guys, we all know this. Christmas time, we've got toys that we've, you know, bought for the kids. And so there we are trying on Christmas morning to assemble this. We don't need the instructions. I'll figure right. this out. And, of course, after an hour and a half or two hours fiddling with it and the wife in the background saying, honey, here's the book. Don't you want I don't need the manual. I can figure it out on my own. And when we're done, it only halfway functions. And then we're trying to figure out why there's 30 or 40 screws and bolts left yeah. over. Right. They must have shipped extras, we say to ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> guilty, guilty. Yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> and and I think maybe it, 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 an equal application comes to living out our faith, as we look at Jesus in the first century church, all wonderfully laid out for us, for example, in the book of Acts, that we see that more as a historical record than a manual. And like messing up trying to put the kids' toys together on a Christmas morning without reading the manual— I wonder if maybe part of the challenge the church faces today is we've spent more time reading the Bible as a historical document rather as a manual for life. And if we would just change our mind and say, Lord, we're not going to get ahead of you. We're not going to try to do it on our own. You've already modeled for us what this needs to look like, how this should work. If we'd only take Scripture to heart and rather than going and doing and hoping he'll bless to start by saying, Lord, what do you want us to do? How do you want us to do it? And opening the word and seeing that as the manual for life and discipleship. I just wonder how how different the church, how different the world might look today. Yeah, I, I teach the church this, um, that I've been so honored to pastor, is that the Bible contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. I learned that in Sunshine Band. You know, when I was a kid, the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. It it contains those five elements. So we have to read it to understand who God is, what God is doing, and what his plans are for not just our lives, but for our communities. And, I, and, you know, the Bible says study to show yourself approved unto God. Well, if I'm studying the word of God, then I'm studying who he is, what he's planning to do, um, what he wants to do through me and what he wants to do through our communities. And if we do that, really, the focus will always be on him and not on ourselves, because it's easy. Uh, Craig, you said it. it's easy for us to sit back and look at our little K kingdoms and go, wow, man, whoa, I'm really doing something. Oh, man. But if we compare it to the big K kingdom, we haven't done anything. 
We haven't done anything. All we're doing is we should be the the feeder into the big K. And then that'll keep our minds and our hearts in the right perspective that it's all about him. You know, like the song says, from him are all things and to him are all things. And if we do that, I think we can't go wrong and we won't be deceived by the enemy. And I think those components, Pastor Russell, that you just outlined also helps us answer the question and better understand the state of mankind today and what we see going on around us. I mean, we we watch from the turmoil of COVID to political reaction on the streets to rise in racism, you know, just as we were kind of patting ourselves on the back. Gee, we got that whole slavery thing taken care of. We moved on to civil rights in the 1960s. We had a little bit of a a wake-up call in the 1990s with the Rodney King riots, and it seemed as if we started to make progress, and we were pretty proud of ourselves for a while there. Mm -hmm. Then suddenly to find out that, you know, it didn't take pulling back of the veil by very much to find out that a lot of that core sin nature was still alive, still thriving, just down below the surface. And I think that sense of revealing once again the depravity of man and what happens to humankind absent an encounter with Jesus Christ and repentance and understanding God, not only who's about the matter of repentance as we might be reconciled unto him that leads to proper relationship. And that works as much on the vertical plane, certainly, as it does on the horizontal plane. And, And I just wonder, you know, folks stretch their heads and as they listen to the evening news and think, boy, here comes, you know, wars, rumors of wars, earthquakes in diverse places. And you think, boy, if there was ever a day as if the book of Daniel or the the book of Revelation seems to read more like the newspaper than it does predictive uh, to events yet to unfold, Today certainly seems to to suggest that, and I, I I just I just have to wonder if a lot of the questions that we're seeking answers for, looking everywhere, Washington D.C., or oh, the governor's got the answer, would those political parties got the answer, all this mumbo jumbo, failing to recognize. No, wait a minute. We go back to the book as you suggest. The book explains it all. Yeah, Andre Crouch wrote a song. Jesus is the answer for the world today, and I know it was back. I think as I want to say early 70s, if not easily, before. Easily. And, uh, but it's still true today. Jesus is the answer. We're not the answer. Jesus is the answer uh, for the world today. And, and you know, as I tell people this, I say, hey, his mercies are new every morning because our sins are great. That's why his mercies are new every morning. I have to because... Craig, I, I am a black man, but I got biases. I got issues. I got stuff that I struggle with. I got to submit that to Jesus daily. And I can't ever get caught up in celebrating my wins where I don't remember that I have to submit to his lordship on a daily basis. Because if I don't, then by my own sinful nature, I will fall into a hole and live by my biases rather than rather than by the grace and mercy of God. It is by his grace and his mercy that I am who I am, that he saved the wretch like me, that he opened my eyes because I was once blind, but now I see. I was once lost, but now I'm found. And I got to remember that daily. And how I remember that is by submitting to his mercy that is new every morning, by confessing my sins, whether known or unknown. Lord, I don't know. If there's anything that I've done, then there's times where I'll go, I know I did this. I know I thought this. I thought this about my wife or I thought this about um, my fellow pastor. I I thought this about a fellow colleague in the marketplace. I I thought this about the person that walked up to me when I was pumping gas and I didn't have time and I didn't want to just get away from me. I'm doing what I got to do. So I there are things I know and there are things that I don't know, but I got to submit every day every single day to his mercy that is new, which is his forgiveness. And I got to just say, Lord, lead and guide me into all truth today because his truth supersedes our truth. And many times we live according to our truth. And then we wonder why, man, I'm in a pit or I'm in a hole and 
Why? Because I'm living according to a truth rather than the truth. The truth, the Bible says, sets us free, not my truth. My truth, as my mom would say, is, Tim, your opinion is not true, is literally based in my opinion and how I see things and how my intellect has dissected things. But there is a truth, hallelujah, that's greater than my truth, that not only unlocks me from the chains and bondages that my culture, that my, uh, my environment, that my hurts, my habits, and my hangups have given me, ha, but it also unlocks the mission of God in my life that I can walk and do his will, and uh, he can be pleased with my living. If you've just joined our conversation, we're visiting today with Pastor Timothy Russell, Senior Pastor at New Hope Christian Fellowship in Hayward. A brief time out, we'll return to more of our conversation right after this. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back. Our visit today with Pastor Timothy Russell, Senior Pastor at New Hope Christian Fellowship of Hayward. Pastor Russell, I want to pick up where we left off just prior to the break. From inside of the church looking out, I think we can easily conclude, boy, the world looks like it's in a heap of trouble. Having said that, I wonder if is it any of any notable um, uh, attention for us to look at things like judgment begins in the house of the Lord. Hey, hello. Or my personal favorite, Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people will humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways. Yeah. And I think, well, my people. Well, okay, then that's not written to the people on the outside of the church. That's written to the folks on the inside of the church. So what is God saying when he says, I want my people to humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways? Judgment begins in my house. And then after they have humbled and prayed, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal the land, which also suggests that it's conditional. One has to precede the other. What should we make of that? Well, I I think that what we've read in that, because, again, we always want to present ourselves well. So when we read that, we don't want to accept that we have wicked ways. Wait, I don't have wicked ways. What he's saying is he's not saying that that we don't have sin, that we have to confess. He's not blaming us for uh, our errors and our mistakes and our habits and our hurts and our hangups. He's not doing that. Because Jesus Christ, his blood, uh, still has the power to wash us clean. What he's saying is, you haven't made me the focus. Mm. And I think if we see it differently rather than, because we don't want to admit we're sinful and unholy. We don't want to, rem- we don't want to admit that. Even though First John says that if, you're not, if you can't confess it, then there can't be any forgiveness. So I confess it regularly because I want to have forgiveness over my life always. But I think that it's almost like we like wearing the badge of honor, like we're righteous, we're holy, but we're, we've been made righteous. We've been made holy. And I think that happens only because he is our focal point. I, I told somebody this, I said, listen, God loves us so much. and wants to have fellowship with us that even though we are unrighteous, he declares us righteous so that he can have fellowship with us. He declares us holy so that he can have fellowship with us because unholiness and sin cannot dwell in his presence. So look at the sovereignty of God. He makes us what we're not so that he can have fellowship with us. And I think that we need to understand it's not by words that we can boast about. It's by the sovereignty of God and the grace of God that we are made righteous. So I believe what you just talked about in, in uh, Second Chronicles 7 and 14, talks about looking to him as the author and finisher of our faith, looking to him as our salvation and as our righteousness, as our, as our provider, as our shelter, as our shield and buckler, not ourselves. He is so humble ourselves and understand that, man, <laughs> listen, God doesn't need us to be him, but we sure need him to be us. And if we see that, then we'll walk in humility. And then the other part of that is then we'll turn from our wicked ways. We're open to God, the leading of the Holy Spirit. I think Jesus said in Luke 6, he says, "If why you call me Lord and you don't do what I say? Mm-hmm. See, we're, we're open to him leading us by his Holy Spirit and the conviction of the Holy Spirit. We don't like to be told 
man, you did that wrong. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. But when the Holy Spirit says, Tim, go back and ask for forgiveness, because I'm open to his leading, I, don't, I, I can go back and say, hey, forgive me for that. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it the way I said it, because the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding me into the truth. And I love how you put that, Pastor, because we are made righteous by his blood. Yes. And the minute we think we've made it ourselves, we've now unwittingly or otherwise come out from underneath his covering, his protection. And I believe we're more vulnerable to the wild. I mean, what the scripture tells us, the enemy like a roaring lion roameth about seeking whom he may devour. Come on. If we're covered under his blood and we recognize that our righteousness exists only through him, our forgiveness is only through him. The yeah. minute we start to think somehow we're responsible for this, we had something to do with this, we actually have stepped out from underneath his covering, and we enter into pretty vulnerable territory, don't we? I mean, the enemy can then come in and really have a field day with us under those circumstances, can't he? Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, I want to write a book. Another one is called The King Saul Syndrome. <laughs> and I, I think that... King Saul forgot he was made king by God. That's right. And I think a lot of times we look out and we see all that we're accomplishing in our churches and how they've grown and how we we burned the mortgage and we have built apartment complexes and we've established this and established that. And we forget we were made righteous. We were made who we are by the gifts of Jesus Christ. He he literally gave us the gift to pastor the gift to evangelize, the gift to prophesy, the gift, hallelujah, to teach the word of God, the gift to be an apostle to the nation where we're really literally birthing leaders and, and launching them into who God has called them to be. I, I, I think that if we forget and live in that King Saul syndrome of, man, look, at, look I'm king. I'm going to make decisions, you know, without consulting the one who made me king. I'm a pastor, I'm a this, and I'm that, and I, 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 I've got this. And we forget that promotion didn't come from our works. Promotion came from the Lord. Yeah. And we exclude him out of our board meetings. We exclude him out of our executive committees. We exclude him out because we think that we've arrived and we have the brain power and the intellect to do without the one who made us who we are. And David, we on in contrast to King Saul, David was, listen, a lot of people say, well, David did worse than Saul, but David was a good repenter. And he said this in Psalms 27, one thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To do what? To behold the beauty of the Lord. And whatever we behold, we become. David was constantly in search of becoming like God. Had a heart after God. Yeah, he had a heart and, after God. And, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm thinking, Pastor, we, we kind of set ourselves up for a, what should we call it? We set ourselves up for a Holy Spirit smackdown <laughs> when yes. we start to think, but wait a minute, Lord, we, we preached and teach. We, 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 we raise the dead in your name. And Jesus comes back and says, get thee behind me, Satan, yeah. for I knew you not now that's Ooh, that's, that's kind of the ultimate in a holy spirit smackdown wake up call and uh, i think we as the church need to be very careful not to not to go down that road as they say totally agree totally agree if you've just joined our conversation we're visiting today with pastor timothy russell senior pastor at new hope christian fellowship in hayward a brief time out we'll return to more of our conversation right after this if you are 65 or older, you know this. It's really frustrating to deal with out-of-pocket medical expenses, watching your hard-earned dollars just flying out the window. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare has a new option called MediShare 65+. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills 
And it really is a community. People encourage and pray for each other. And MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B that fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. It's great for peace of mind. You can use your Medicare-approved doctor and get prescription savings, dental and vision savings. Very worth looking into, and it's so easy to find out why people rave about the customer service at MediShare. They're great to talk to on the phone. Here's the number. Call 833-SHARE-55. That's 833-SHARE-55. 833-SHARE-55. Well, they took inventor Mike Lindell over two years to develop. They're designed to wear indoors and outdoors. They're made with quality leather. They're the MyPillow Slippers. You know, with so many people staying and working from home now, these slippers are the perfect footwear for every day, all day. The wonderful MyPillow slippers have the MyPillow foam and impact gel to help prevent fatigue. Boy, that's something we can all appreciate. Something else we can appreciate, a 50% discount. Yes, for a limited time, Mike Lindell is offering half off the normal price. Visit MyPillow.com, click the radio listener square, use the promo code KFAX, and while you're there, you'll see deep discounts on many MyPillow products. It's MyPillow.com, promo code KFAX, or call 800-479-1790. 800-479-1790. Use that promo code KFAX. Our nation's pandemic and subsequent financial crisis has affected hundreds of thousands. Many of those hardest hit are right here in the Bay Area. Many are neighbors, friends, even folks we go to church with. Jobless, hopeless, homeless. Since 1965, the Bay Area Rescue Mission has been caring for the homeless and impoverished, providing food, shelter, and a fresh start for those struggling with addiction or personal crisis. The Bay Area Rescue Mission delivers the hope of the gospel message to each and every one they reach. Simply go to bayarearescue.org. At this critical time, with so many lives in financial turmoil, your partnership with the Bay Area Rescue Mission helps meet the physical needs of hurting families and the spiritual needs as well. To share your tax-deductible gift of hope today, simply go to bayarearescue.org. Love without limits. The Bay Area Rescue Mission. bayarearescue.org. bayarearescue.org. This is Albert Moeller for townhall.com. San Francisco voters recently recalled three members of their seven-member school board in a vote that came very close to a margin of 80%. It's an absolutely massive story. Remember, this is coming from San Francisco, one of the most liberal communities in the United States. It is the bluest of the blue. An editorial in the Wall Street Journal said, quote, The woke get a wake-up call as voters recall three school board members. The woke get a wake-up call. Here's the question. Do they hear it? Are they going to heed it? The evidence says they won't. They won't because the Democratic Party is now largely in the hands of the ascendant left, and the left is angry that it isn't getting more. What took place in San Francisco was the voters pulling the rug out from under progressives who simply went too far. By all indications, they'll do so again. Progressives across the nation ought to be watching closely. I doubt they will. I'm Albert Moeller. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back. Our visit today with Pastor Timothy Russell, Senior Pastor at New Hope Christian Fellowship of Hayward. Pastor Russell, I want to pick up where we left off just prior to the break. Pastor, let's pivot for a moment here. We talked earlier about the matter of not just growing where we are planted and and influencing those that God has uniquely set us in the middle of, whose lives we can touch and go out and be about that that matter of sharing our, our gospel and ultimately making disciples. And that's been an integral part, too, in sort of that that workplace, that marketplace evangelism of your involvement with the Renaissance Entrepreneurship Center, and and you've been involved there for quite a number of years now. Just speak to that for a moment, because I'm sure listeners would find it fascinating what you're doing. Yeah, I I love the fact that I'm bivocational. I love it. Um, Because the mission of Renaissance Entrepreneurship Center is to transform lives through entrepreneurship, through small business development. Uh, my life's work is transforming lives, you know, and Renaissance gives me another tool, gives me the tool of doing it through entrepreneurship, literally going into the community that 
is lacking the resources and tools to be able to change the economic landscape of the community um, and bringing it to them because of the tools that Renaissance gives is just it's just a joy that comes in my heart on a regular basis, everyday basis. We were able to put the first small business incubator that houses 12 small business and community partners in East Palo Alto. East Palo Alto, that used to be called the murder capital of the United States. Yes. Um, we're able, we have a center and a incubator for construction workers in Bayview Hunters Point. That is huge because, as you know, Bert, Bayview Hunters Point, again, was a crime-ridden community. Um, so we have been able to go in there and offer resources and tools, as well as in Richmond, as well as in San Francisco um, and, and Soma, uh, at Soma. We, we were, able to, were able to do this kind of work because of the funding we get to literally help communities that lack the tools and resources. We're getting ready to open up a new center in South San Francisco, and we're looking at other communities, San Jose, East San Jose, and as well as North Fair Oaks, which is between Memo Park and Rebel City, to do the same thing. We are a regional organization that helps individuals take their idea from, man, I want to cook a cookie or bake a cookie, and I got a good recipe, all the way to the expansion of that business. So we literally help businesses launch and grow um, their businesses. So I'm excited to be a part of that work. I've been doing it for 10 years. We have a great CEO in Sharon Miller. And I, I'm just excited that uh, I'm a part of changing the landscape of, of communities. And as a pastor, I am so excited that I'm part of the bridge that's being built, that's bringing economic development and the faith-based community together. That's huge. Yeah, it is. And that and that sense of entrepreneurial empowerment, particularly in a day and age like this, where folks need not only the, the financial independence, but the ability to grow and flourish and, 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 and create that incubator where new thoughts, new ideas, new inventions are, are given an opportunity to, to, to kind of get down there and, and grow and assimilate and then ultimately change one's own personal life, family life, and all that that business can touch that's that's really incredible and empowering stuff that that points to again a, a great sense of of the impact where you're planted but now i want to talk a bit if we can about your wife vanessa's ministry love never fails uh, she actually left the high-tech world after a, a long and and celebrated career in that arena to yeah. focus full-time on ministry to so many that have been victims of human trafficking and boy in a region like the san francisco bay area that's a sin and a problem that just undulates down below the surface and not very deep just spend a moment if you would talking a bit about what god has been doing in and through her work in ministry yeah love never fails is an organization that a nonprofit that my wife started years ago um to really uh fight against human trafficking and exploitation of, of women and even men. And uh, she has safe houses uh, and uh, now recently opened up what's called a launch house for families, men and families, where um, we're really taking them through the pathways of home ownership. Um, I believe God's called her to it so strongly that she eats, sleeps, drinks, you, you know, the work of, of being the, a modern day Moses you know, literally a modern day Moses and going uh, into areas that people don't want to go into and telling the king of that area, Pharaoh, let my people, the Lord says, go. And and I think that uh, uh, her heart to do it, um, she's had, she's run up against mountains, but man, I've seen her climb that mountain through faith. Um, she's uh, gotten thrown into valleys, but then she realized that Jesus is the lily of her valley and she's climbed out of that valley to continue the work um, that takes commitment and dedication like crazy. I went out early on when I was dating her before we got married. I went out and uh, said, ah, you know, let me go out and, and experience this, you know, rescuing that you do on the streets at midnight to two in the morning. Man, I, I, I consider myself, you know, pretty strong and 
I, I don't really worry about anybody sort of running up on me, even though, you know, I, I have to be mindful and, and respectful that, you know, I'm not the biggest and baddest man on the earth, but I, I don't fear like that. But boy, I'll tell you, Craig, I was out there with them and they were out there looking under bushes, touching the hearts of people that were destitute, that were being exploited, that were being hurt, um, that were just stuck in their traumas. And my eyes were wide open. I was like, whoa, you got to be called to this because this is not for the faint of heart because you're out here where the enemy, our adversary, the devil, is just operating in complete darkness and literally causing men and women to just die in their in their pain and in their trauma. So God's called her to do it. Um, I praise God that she's stayed with it and built an organization that um, that has won awards for the kind of work that she does. And uh, and uh, I look forward to just celebrating her from not just the sidelines, but even huddling up with her renaissance has huddled up with love never fails to say, how can we support new hope is huddled up with her. I encourage other churches let's huddle up with organizations like none of them or fails and break the huddle together. And let's go run the play that scores a touchdown. You know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, it's Super Bowl just happened. Yeah. So I just went to make sure I brought it in the huddle, but yeah, let's, let's do what's necessary. Um, to really combat this problem of human trafficking. Well, Pastor, not not every man can say that he's married a modern-day Esther, but I would suggest that uh, God certainly has blessed you in that fashion. Let's spend a moment and talk about what God is doing through New Hope Christian Fellowship. You meet, of course, in Hayward at 22110 Montgomery Street, and uh, service times in person and online, Sundays at 10 a.m., and then Wednesday night, prayer and Bible study at 6.30 p.m. Folks want to get more information about the ministry, of course, online at the church website. I'll share that with you in just a moment. But boy, when they go there, they'll find out this is an active, vibrant community that literally has something for everyone. Tell us more about the life there at New Hope Christian Fellowship. Well, I want to first thank every leader um, that's running those ministries. Me and my wife are not running them. We're we're blessed to be overseeing them. We're blessed to be speaking into um, the leaders' lives and praying for them as they do it. Um, um, our, our our wide expansion is because of the leadership that we have there, from our children and youth ministries to our Celebrate Recovery ministries to our dental and medical bands that come through our outreach. Uh, we currently, through Feed My Sheep, feed 110 people with hot meals every Tuesday night. Um, at New Hope. And then we hand out about 160 food boxes between Tuesday and Friday to the community. Uh, and that's happening not because of Tim and Vanessa. That's happening because of the leadership, um, the, the leadership of Janae Shepard, the leadership of Catalina Vaughn, the leadership of Anthony and Rachel Carrasco. We have great executive pastors in Raul and Deborah Rico, um, a great team of uh, leaders that are assisting me and Randy and Crystal Rasmussen. And many others. Um, I mean, you name it, from Yvonne Wilson to, um, you know, to Hartford Hole. We are blessed to have um, so many different leaders that are working diligently to help us do what we're doing. Erica McCardo in the children's ministry, Byron Kahlberg in the youth ministry. It's happening because of them. It's happening because they're all committed to prayer um, we have an online chat minister now and Michelle Pierre, who just literally stays online during our services um, and just is feeding the information to those that are watching online and saying, hey, did you hear that? Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Did you hear that? And it's just an awesome thing. It's so much going on that a lot of times me and my wife sit back and go, we didn't know that was going on. Praise <laughs> God. <laughs> And that's how I love it, because ministry should be bigger than the pastor. It should, if the ministry is not bigger than the pastor and the pastor is bigger than the ministry, let's go back to the altar, get on our knees and figure out where we went wrong, because the ministry should always be bigger than the pastor. A, a, a church, I think, that thrives will be very much personality-centric, but the personality is not the one in the pulpit. 
even necessarily the ones in the pews, the personality that it needs to focus and be centered upon is Jesus Christ. And as we talked about earlier, if we've got that in balance and we're faithful to him, we're diligent at reading the word and living the word, God will take care of all the rest. The Holy Spirit will bless it. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and uh, exciting to see certainly what God is doing through the variety of ministries and, and the body of believers overall at New Hope Christian Fellowship. Again, I'll mention service times are Sunday mornings, worship in both in person and online at 10 a.m., Wednesday night, Bible study beginning with prayer at 6.30 p.m. And the church is at 22110 Montgomery Street in the city of Hayward. For more information, you can call area code 510-537-6230. That's 510-537-6230. Or online at NHCF, think New Hope Christian Fellowship, nhcfonline.org. Pastor Timothy Russell, Pastor Russell, always a privilege to spend some time with you. Thanks so much for carving some time out of your day to share with us today. Thank you. It's always a pleasure, Craig. Love you, my brother. Love you, too. You take care now. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Lifeline. Thanks so much for being with us. And if there was anything you heard on today's show that you'd like to hear again or share with a friend, grab a copy of the Lifeline podcast. Simply log on to kfax.com. That's kfax.com for the Lifeline podcast. Our producer is Wanda Sanchez. I'm Craig Roberts. Till next time round, remember, just don't keep the faith. Get out there and share it and make it a great evening. So long. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.